Welcome back to the Anime Intellectuals Podcast. I'm your host, Jordan, and this is another episode. Episode 8, I believe. Yep. It is episode 8. So, let's get into the news just right away here. First up, No Game No Life is having an announcement. So here it says in this article, In the latest issue of Monthly Comic Alive magazine, it was announced that in about a month, there will be a special announcement for No Game No Life. There are also rumors that No Game No Life was canceled because the author was caught plagiarizing. That's fake news. The plagiarizing? Okay, I don't know what that's about. Scrolling down. Anyway, they're going to announce something on November 27th, so maybe they'll announce the second season or something. Um, I guess that's cool. I'm, mo- I'm mostly like not, I'm like, I'm not, I'm not crazy excited. Like if they announce a season two, I know there'd be a large group of people who'd freak out because they like it that much but i just think it's funny that it that it's not getting a sequel for so long so i'll i'll just i'll be watching people get really i I would be it would be so funny if they just do this announcement and it's just like another book in the series or like an offshoot or something that'd be very funny but if it does end up happening, people will be very happy. This is a very popular anime. Um, and the fact that it doesn't get a season two just kind of made it even more popular, I think, because that was just the whole joke. Is that it's just it will never get a season two or something. But anyway, that's that. There may be some hope for the people who want to see that second season for No Game No Life. And then after that, we got Bungo Stray Dogs Season 4 has been announced. So an event for the Bungo Stray Dogs franchise announced on Sunday that a production on a new anime season has been greenlit. Turning main staff includes director Takia Igarashi, series script supervisor and writer Yoji Inokido, character designer and chief animation director Nobuhiro Arai, and animation studio Bones. Main cast members celebrated the news at the event. So... They are also making the fourth season for Bungo Stray Dogs, and that's cool. Um, I'm not up to date on this. I think we brought up that they were making a movie at some point uh, in one of our past episodes. Um, I don't remember when that happened or if it is still going to happen. Um, But anyway... My point is that Bungo Stray Dog is getting a fourth season, and that's cool. At least from what I've read of the manga, which is like three volumes. I'll have to get back to that eventually, like everything else I say. 
I always say I'll get back to it or I'll get to it eventually, but yeah. Then I just, yep. Yeah, I'll, I'll, anyway, also, Tonikawa is getting a second season. Um, so Tonikawa Over the Moon for you anime gets a new episode and a second season. Oh, I didn't, I didn't know it got a new episode. Um, I, I haven't seen that new episode, but I did watch this show for once. I'm actually giving news on a show that I've seen. It's crazy, I know, but uh, I did watch this one and it was, it was fine. It was a relaxing watch and it was, I don't know, it's nice. Um, so that's cool that it's getting a second season. It's just some wholesome fun. Just a, a, if you don't know what it is, it's just basically, it's just following like a slice of life of this one young married couple and they just do things. That's all it is. But it's wholesome. It's very positive and uplifting. Um, stress relieving. One of those stress relieving anime. What do they call those? Iyashukes? I don't remember. But something like that. I could have just said something horribly wrong, but I'm not going to check up on that. So it's fine. Um, next up, Fullmetal Alchemist Mangaka is having a new manga and it's releasing soon. So technically this is old news. Uh, we knew in July that uh, Hiromu Arakawa, who's the manga artist for Fullmetal Alchemist, was launching a manga soon. I think what the news is is that they announced the date for it, um, which is soon i think i think it's some it's in december like december 10th or something is when the they're releasing the first chapter for it um but yeah that's pretty much it i think they they may have revealed the name for it too but i don't remember but anyway yeah that's cool i haven't seen i haven't looked at like anything else that um that um hiromu arakawa has done I just know her for Fullmetal Alchemist, so him or her, I'm not sure who, but I only remember them for Fullmetal Alchemist. I haven't read anything else, so I'm not sure, but you can definitely see there's some promotional artwork for this new manga, and it's the main, like, person on the front looks like one of the, looks like the short-haired blonde, like, military officer from Fullman Alchemist. I don't remember her name, but that looks exactly like her. And oh yeah, it might be it might be good. It's something to look out for. And next up, Attack on Titan is possibly having a crossover with Call of Duty. So yeah, I mean like you're probably having the same reaction if this is the first time you're hearing this as I did. Like what? why but anyway the apparently it's happening it's been like even more confirmed since i put that down since i saw it like a couple of days ago so basically if you don't know what data mining is people do this thing with games where they just go into the files and the code for it to try and find things and sometimes there'll there'll be codes or notes in the in the data of the game that has stuff that isn't actually released yet. And in this case, they found some evidence for Attack on Titan things. Uh, 
something about a sword titan, whatever that means. And then like an operator skin. And then also down here, it shows a render of the swords. So that might be like a weapon, but whatever. Uh, I guess that's cool. I'm sure. I don't have much to say about that one. Um, and then Devil is a Part-Timer Season 2 info. So Devil is a Part-Timer Season 2 serves up more info for the next season on December 12th. So more info for the second season is going to be released on December 12th in a live stream. So I guess not. I guess this isn't really new news. What, what did they announce at these announcements of new info? I guess they just announced staff. I guess. I don't know. I should probably re stop reporting on these because I kind of, I don't know. I just, I don't really pay attention to the staff that much for most things, unless it's somebody that I really follow. So, but anyway, the, there's more information coming out on that on December 12th. So we'll see what that ends up being. Maybe a release date for the anime itself. And next up, we have another video game crossover. Naruto is coming to Fortnite. Yay. So basically, this completes my life arc. And uh, I, I don't know. We live in the timeline where Naruto is in Fortnite. I don't know what else to say. Um, apparently, it's releasing on November 16th. So sure. I'm sure. Um, next up. Space horror, a new space horror anime by Netflix. All right, so this one was interesting. The only, there's not much info on it yet, but um, it says Netflix debuts Exception, which is the name of it. The name of it is Exception, horror anime series in 2022. It says Netflix announced during its Netflix Festival Japan 2021 livestream event on Tuesday that the new space horror anime Exception will debut on Netflix worldwide in 2022. It's based on a new story by novelist and film director Hirotaka Adachi and will feature character designs by Final Fantasy's Yoshitaka Amano, which that's kind of nuts, I think. I didn't I don't think he does a lot of stuff like recently. So that's really cool. And the the art that they have for it so far is very interesting. Um it's very gray and, and I don't know. You just have to look at it, but this looks cool. Looks like it could be an interesting one. Not really enough information yet to decide whether or not like it's worth it, but I would definitely be checking it out at least. They'll we'll probably release a trailer soon, but seems cool. Oh, here's a synopsis of the story. I didn't actually read this. In the distant future, human beings have been forced to leave Earth and migrate to another galaxy. An advanced team of spacecraft arrives at a planet that is to be terraformed. Each member of the team is output by a biological 3D printer. Well, that sounds interesting. Who knows? Very, very vague, but there it is. Um, and now I'm going to stall for time while I look up an article that I forgot to put in here in advance um by saying that jojo part six is 
releasing on December 1st. Actually, I need to look at this. I, I just don't have this stuff memorized. But yeah, yeah, no, I was correct. It's releasing on December 1st. They're releasing the first 12 episodes. So that's that. And that's that's it. They released some more promotional trailers. Um, I'm not going to watch them because I can wait. And I, I just want to wait. So, but December 1st, they're releasing all 12 episodes. So you already know I'm staying up to watch every single one. And finally, the article I forgot to open up. Uh, we'll end on Netflix's live action One Piece series reveals cast members. <sighs> um. Look, I'm fine with them making this. They do this stuff all the time, sure. Uh, but why does Sanji look like Eminem? That's what I'm confused about. I, I think Usopp makes the most sense. I feel like he'd be a good Usopp, but everybody else, I have no idea. Um, and this doesn't need to exist. This needs to exist far, far less than Cowboy Bebop. But sure. And Oda is an executive producer on this, which is interesting. I, who know, I don't understand what this thing is, but we're just going to have to see. I don't know when it's supposed to happen, but. Okay, so this is the same studio that's producing the live action adaptation of Cowboy Bebop. So I guess this is just going to be a studio that does these things. I don't know. I do a live action like anything else other than One Piece, please. Uh, do like a Gundam. That would make more sense. I don't know. But uh, if you... I didn't know any of these people, but I'll list off who's who since they revealed the cast members. Um, Inaki Godoy is Luffy. Makinyu is Zoro. Emily Rudd is Nami. Jacob Romero Gibson is Usopp, and Taz Skyler, also known as Eminem, is Sanji. So, there, there they are. The wanted posters look really sketch. This does not look good just on a first glimpse, but whatever. That's that. That's going to bring us to the end of the news section. Um... A lot of game crossovers. I feel like this is going to be a, a more prevalent thing in the future, I guess. Because having crossovers and everything just raises the sales of things. So why not add Naruto to Fortnite? Sure. Why? Why not? I guess. Stuff like that's going to be big in the future so whatever and i guess the same goes for live action adaptations of things that don't need to have adaptations because also money but statistically if they make a, like a bunch of these live action adaptations a few of them are going to be good right maybe i don't know we'll have to see maybe the one piece one will be the first one 
severely doubt that, but maybe, who knows? All right, so now we go into my review section. I have three things today, actually. Two short form, like one shot manga. I actually guess the first one isn't sort of longer, but two shortish manga and then one anime series. So first we'll get started on my first one, which is Jacaranda, which means, which means let me look it up because I forgot. It's the jacaranda is a tree native to like South America or something. Um, but it's significant to the story because it's, oh, I don't even have this. I just don't even have this pulled up. Just one sec, I'm just not with it today. Oh my gosh. Come on. Okay, here it is. Here it is. Okay, so let me give you a synopsis of this one. Also, before I forget, this one is by Shiriagari Kotobuki, which no clue what else he's done. I just happened to see this um, recommended and saw and looked at the art and thought oh that looks interesting and since it's short i decided why not give it a try um so the synopsis is the shoot of an exotic tree appears in a tokyo street popular affection turns into astonishment then horror as the jacaranda grows to colossal proportions burning the capital ashes in the course of a dantean night though as the sun rises survivors discover that it hasn't been a night of annihilation but a rebirth so if that that sounded kind of confusing and vague but basically the the beginning of this manga starts out with just going just cutting to different people um uh, going throughout their everyday lives um it'll show like the news like what's happening on the news today um like today three people were killed in a car accident or something like that and then um, it'll go to somebody just eating breakfast in their house. It'll go to somebody commuting to work, just everyday life of the people in this town and just them doing their stuff. And then, um, and then it cuts to this, this old man who sees this, this sprout of a tree in the middle of the road next to his house. And he's very fascinated by it because it's poking up right through the concrete, which is very impressive. So eventually he gets a lot of people around to come and look at it. And it's pretty big already um, compared to like what it was when he first found it. And what they notice is that it just keeps growing at kind of like an exponential rate and then they try and well it start the roots start coming up out of the ground because it's so big and then um people are still kind of just ignoring it like there's even a car crash and even then 
people just kind of go, oh, well, it's probably not bad. Like, it's it's just one thing. Um, but then it just starts, it just exponentially just gets worse and worse and worse. The situation does. And so eventually it gets big enough to where it's starting to break people's houses apart and people are getting injured and even some people are even dying so what they decide to do is okay well we'll just burn it down so what they do okay no no actually that's not true they didn't even decide to try and burn it down what happened was some guy was just standing there with a cigarette and somebody had some like was using some oil to try and like kill it or something the tree they were doing something to that end and so some guy was just not paying attention and he dropped his cig he just flicked his cigarette into it and the whole thing catches on fire and it just burns and they get and a lot of people die in the initial like flame explosion that are standing next to it and then the fire department comes and stuff and they try and put out the fire but it just won't go out um, and then it shows the roots coming out into like a subway and the subway train just gets destroyed by this root that's coming out. And so slowly this one tree is just destroying this entire town. And all the while it's just getting bigger and bigger. And so until eventually it's the size of one of like the skyscrapers in this town and it's just burning and everything is burning and everything is falling down and it just keeps going to scenes of people trying to escape and what they do to escape and who they what are they're willing to do to have them survive even if it uh at the cost of other people and it just kind of shows every aspect of what happens in this kind of disaster and then it ends with the entire town is burned down and there's very very few survivors and they're they're just standing there watching this tree burn down this entire town and then the tree sprouts flowers and then they like flow down to them and then the people like the few survivors start like praying to the tree and then it ends <clears throat> so at the end of this, let me let me read this real quick, actually, because it was really important. Um, obviously, this is more of a more than just the surface level basic story of a tree that gets big and it starts destroying a town. It's very similar. It's kind of a like children's story esque kind of story, except you know that people die in horrific ways and a town gets burned down. But I guess just in the way that there's a giant tree and like it, it, it just is growing. Like, and I guess in the children's story version, people wouldn't die. It would just be a giant tree. Uh, but in this case, it's gone wrong. And I guess it shows what would realistically happen if a tree just up, literally uprooted funny joke uprooted uh an entire town in one night 
um, and somehow just made it burn down to the ground completely. Um, but so the the fire starts, and that's what really starts destroying everything. Um, if the guy hadn't been ignorant and like flicked his cigarette into the the oil or whatever they were trying to use to to get rid of it, um, it would have been a lot less casualties. I'll say there were probably like buildings and and the the obviously the subway train things like that would still have happened, but the entire town probably wouldn't have burned down. There just would have been a giant tree. Um, but what's important here, I think, at least how I interpreted it was, um, mankind's ignorance is what causes this disasters. So. And it wasn't necessarily the natural disaster itself that was the problem here. Because those kinds of things happen. And obviously there would have been casualties from that natural disaster. Like the roots doing damaging things. Destroying pipes and things like that, obviously. But it would have been a lot better if nobody had tried to catch it on fire and burn the entire town down in the process. So what I think it's trying to say here, or what I interpreted at least, is that ignorance, humans being this ignorant, um, like causes, is what causes awful things to happen in our world, like in, in real life, which is similar to the one guy who just flicked his cigarette into the oil and caught the entire tree on fire. He wasn't it wasn't even necessarily bad intentions. Um, it was just that he was very ignorant. And that's just one aspect of that. Um, the other evidence I have for that interpretation of this, at least one in, one aspect of it, one of the themes, I guess, um, is that in the beginning, it's all it's showing all these like news things, and it's all very superficial and they let the tree get very, very large before they even start, like, reporting on it. And then when they do start reporting on it, all they're reporting on it is just to get um, viewers for the channel. And they even say that. And even when it's already caught on fire, when it's not, like, too bad and it hasn't like, started blowing up yet, when cars are falling over and everything, they're forcing one of this reporter and the cameraman to get up right next to it so that they can get good footage for the channel because all they care about is the viewers so that was kind of another aspect of just stupidity and ignorance that humans do just to get money i guess because they're not they don't care about the consequences of the things they do so i guess that could be another aspect of it um and then it could also be um, another interpretation could just be the nukes dropped on Hiroshima and Nagasaki in general. You'll see this a lot in Japanese media, like Akira um, has the heavy theme of that. So it could be kind of like that. And then the rebirth is Japan rebuilding themselves after it. Um, I feel like I'm like writing an essay for a poem in high school right now. This is going to be some flashbacks, but... 
this is a pretty short read. Um, it's only five chapters and not a lot of dialogue. Um, at the beginning, there's a decent, there's an average amount of dialogue, but then as it goes on, it's mostly just showing the devastation. There's a lot of whole full page spreads and page spreads of just the town burning, people just dying in agony and just various random circumstances and occurrences happening in this disaster. And some of the stuff that happens is almost comical when you look at it, like in a, in a twisted way, if you know what I mean. Like the, there's these helicopters that are trying to get closer to this fire tree when it's already huge and everybody's dying so that they can get footage for it for other news stations elsewhere and then they're they just get sucked in by the by the air currents made by the fire and they get destroyed and then the the parts from the helicopter like fly down the debris from it kills a bunch of people and then those people like the impact of it destroys a bridge and then all the cars fall off and everybody in them dies. And it's just, it's very tragic, but at the same time, a lot of the, um, I guess ridiculous and like just, just weird and wacky circumstances are accentuated, I think to further like prove the point that look at this stupidity the stupidity and ignorance is what got you to this point and so a lot of these people die in ignorant and stupid ways is i i think what they're trying to do what the mangaka is trying to say in this um but yeah i i was so here let me find the excerpt from the the author at the very end of this one because he had some good stuff to say but yeah, mostly this manga is a lot of just full page spreads of disaster and just things getting worse and worse and worse as it goes on. Um, but here's the excerpt from the author. So here he says, There might be some who think they see in this story those who long for the coming of dictatorships or authoritarian regimes, or that they can find here terror in the face of the inevitable arrival of serious natural disasters with earthquakes as the most immediate example perhaps what some will see is that aspiration found within the whole human race of getting the chance to turn into a hero and become venerated after a catastrophe as takes place with the jacaranda i don't know which is the right interpretation the most important thing for me was the image in my mind of the devastation of tokyo caused by a gigantic tree in just one night a vision so intense that it led me to draw a 300 page manga the result is a sheer portrait of a situation without using any kind of narrative device, nor telling any human drama. One could say I've stretched a single four coma strip across 300 pages. If I had enough ability and technique, I would have liked for this manga to be as a joke, which united carefree laughter with the most cataclysmic destruction. Finally, I'd like to take the time here to exonerate the protagonists of Jacaranda. The real Jacaranda is a pretty tree with pink flowers native to South America and capable of any evil. Forgive me, Chakaranda. So, basically, what he's trying to say here is that when he made this, he didn't really have any particular intentions in mind. 
um so he just wanted to write a story about here's a gigantic tree it destroys tokyo in one night in a horrific way um and these people make really dumb decisions in it very similar to a lot of godzilla movies that you'll see like these big monsters are attacking tokyo and then they people just make the dumbest decisions and and people a lot of people die because of it that kind of thing that was the basic idea he came into it with but i think this can be i i like this one because it can be interpreted in a lot of different ways but it's not necessarily any one of them but what it does do is i think is just give a lot of insight into the human like condition i guess the human like human tendencies to be ignorant and and be selfish and stuff like that so it doesn't have any through line of a of some dramatic story arc for a character it doesn't focus on any one character or any romance or anything like that it just jumps to scenes of disaster and tragedy um and shows you this is life and sometimes real life is just like this and that's what it is that's what it shows um but yeah um i i would definitely recommend reading this this is a short read it's only five chapters like i said earlier so you can read this in one night like i did and interpret it whatever way you want to um i think it's very good the art itself is not the not incredible but it's pretty good it's it's good enough it has it's it's very simple it's simplistic to the point um where the characters themselves look like they look like deranged like children's storybook characters is what they look like so i think that just adds to it honestly um but everything is is drawn very dark and very um there's just everything is very gray and dark and there's a lot of lines a lot of distress lines and stuff um and yeah the landscapes and the and the buildings are all drawn very well so but i think the poor the biggest thing here is just the story and the whatever you want to interpret from that you can so that's chakaranda by what's the guy's name again by shiriagari kotobuki Go ahead and give that a read if you want something short that you can interpret and interpret a meaning to, if you like that kind of stuff. All right. And then the second shorter manga that I read is called The Zombie Maria, which is... Just one sec. Which is a one-chapter manga a one shot by nakayama atsushi and the synopsis is true love isn't something you awaken to but something closer to a nightmare so this one not as high on this one as i was on jacaranda i really like jacaranda um thought it was very good but this one's not bad uh basically this one is a story of a, a boy and he finds this um, he finds this spirit zombie thing of a girl in the in the woods when he's trying to commit suicide 
and this zombie girl convinces him not to because she tells him that dying kind of sucks basically um and so basically that's that's like the premise of the story and then she gives him a deal where she says um if i or what what was what exactly was their deal oh let me let me look let me look let me look shouldn't the backstory i'm going from the the end cuz that's where i was and okay so her proposition is okay so if you're able to commit suicide you win but if i can stop your attempts i win so basically she's doing everything she can to prevent him from committing suicide which i hmm um it doesn't the, the one thing i'll say is it has a good premise it could be really impactful and emotional but i think the the they don't really balance like the themes very well cuz it's very strange the initial premise of this this kid just wants to kill himself for no reason and they're kind of playing on it in a comedic way that doesn't really make much sense if you're trying to have some emotional impact so that kind of throws me off but it does give you kind of a weird in between feeling of like like this is awful and this is it's fine uh so that i guess that's a plus for some people um but i think it just kind of doesn't have a solid enough emotional through line to make the emotional impact at the end work um but basically if you don't want any spoilers then skip ahead but basically uh the climax of this manga is that he figures out that this girl this zombie girl from the woods is actually the little girl he accidentally killed like 8 years ago when he was a kid so then it shows the story of him like just then being a stupid kid and he tells he like dares her to go do something off a cliff and then she like gets too close and then she falls off and then it just it just says the boy lived with like serious guilt for it for 8 years and he's just trying to kill himself to get rid of it and so then the so then it the the zombie girl reveals who she is to him cuz he he completely forgot i guess cuz of the reason is that trauma um and then she just kind of tells him you you need to live on and i need to die so that you can keep going cuz you need to forget the past so i guess that's the message um But yeah, I mean there's not much else going on other than that. Um But the art style is pretty unique. I I like it. It reminds me of another manga that I read um about this girl who gets like bullied and then she like keeps her anger inside of her for so long and eventually she just starts killing people cuz they like burn her house down or something, but I if you remember the name of that manga, send an email in cuz I I I want to review that one but I can't remember the name of it and I want to I want to like check up on it and read read it again to refresh my memory 
but it reminds me of the art stuff with that one. It's got big eyes and they're, everybody looks kind of distressed and I don't know. It's, it's something you can't really describe. I'm not very good at describing art styles, but um, there are some really good panels. Um, they have, there's like really good art in this, but a lot of the time the grid, the art theme of the art doesn't match up with what they're trying to say in that scene. So like, for example, in the scene where the zombie girl says, you finally remembered who I am. You'd expect it to be like, suddenly the ugly zombie girl like face turns into he starts like look seeing her as the his like childhood friend that he accidentally killed from, like eight years ago but no it just shows like a horrific face melting and burning with her saying so you finally remembered me and it like doesn't really fit because she's not like evil but whatever i just it's giving it gives you mixed messages it's not a very cohesive theme. I think they could have done a lot better if they had just kept it consistent. But yeah, that's that. It's only one chapter, so you're not really losing anything by checking it out. If you want to check it out, if that sounded interesting. Maybe you'll have a different opinion. But that's why we do reviews. So I can just tell you some things that I thought about it. Maybe you might have a different look at it. People get different things from art, so maybe you'll interpret it differently. And then finally, oh man, why did I do this? Why did I do this? We have Mysterious Girlfriend X. So let me look up information on this anime real quick since I didn't do that in advance either. Um, to be honest, I wasn't completely prepared for this week. So, And this was just a show that I had watched recently and decided to never bring up again to anyone. But here we are. Um, God, here we are. Uh, 
So Mysterious Girlfriend X is based on a manga by Richi Ueshiba. Originally published as a one-shot in 2004, becoming a serialized, before becoming a serialized comic in Kodansha's monthly afternoon magazine in 2006. It is licensed in North America by Vertical. The, the anime itself is done by... I don't know who. Who is it done by? Um... Who is this studio who did this? Anime adaptation by Hoods Entertainment. Never heard of that in my life, but Hoods Entertainment did it, the adaptation. It aired in Japan from April to June 2012. So, um, basically, this story starts out with uh, your generic high school setting, and you've got your main character... Um, Subaki is the name is the main guy and of course he's in class and the teacher says there's going to be a transfer student and please let her introduce herself as it as it goes commonly in these romance anime and so the difference here is that Rabe who is the transfer student introduces herself and and people kind of look at her odd because uh, she does some weird things but then but they kind of ignore it and just as nervousness and they and they kind of talk to her but eventually the class figures out that um, the class figures out that they that she's a very odd kid and eventually she becomes just one of the kids that the class doesn't like interact with that is just really weird and does does strange things uh in the back of the class one of those kind of characters she's always sleeping on her on her desk and people have to wake her up for other to go to stuff and then she's always just saying weird things and just stuff like that um oh also she carries uh, actually i'll just bring that up later um so, but one day, um, Subaki forgets something in the classroom, and he comes back for it. And when he comes back and walks back into the classroom, he sees that uh, Urabe, the transfer student, is still there, just sleeping on the desk. And, and then, so he's like, he wakes her up, and and she's like, "Oh, what?" And he's like, "It's class ended like an hour ago. You can leave now." He's like, "Oh, shoot! All right." And then she just gets up and walks out. Um, and so when he he looked, the Tsubaki, the main character, looks down at the desk and he sees that she's just been drooling all over the desk. She just does that when she sleeps, apparently. And so obviously, as any sane person would do, he puts his finger in it and then he, and then he, he puts it in his mouth. I watched this anime... I watched the entire thing, okay? Look, I'm not proud of it. Uh, but anyway, that's what happens. And then... And then... Uh, basically, after that, he's like... Uh, he's like addicted to her spit or something. And then, like, they have this ritual after school where they, like... 
She like, uh, you know what? I'm sh- you can probably already understand what's happening at this point and what kind of anime this is. If this is for you, you already know. Okay. If you have this very specific, disgusting fetish for drool for some reason, then this is for you, I guess. But I will also like the trans she Arabe also has like scissors that she keeps under her skirt or something. And when she gets like flustered, she just cuts things. I don't know. I I like skipped through the episodes of this to see what on earth happens in it. It basically just kind of is a normal rom-com, except it's not because it, the, they, it's drool. I don't know. I don't know what's happening. But like they animate the like this girl's spit like it's honey and like it's something to be desired and it's just disgusting to me. Like this should be disgusting to anyone, but I know better than that. I know there's people out there who like this kind of stuff. Uh but anyway, I just it is what it is. I don't really have much else to say about it. Um There were like a couple um wholesome moments. The entire time, like, the central thing is that, like, he has withdrawals from her spit. Like, what is this? This is just, why? Why does this exist? I don't know. But, yeah, they have the, like, stereotypical problems that, like, a a high school couple has where I, what? I, I thought you, you, did you like this girl? But instead of that, it's like, did you, you tasted her drool and you liked it more than mine? Just the weirdest, just the weirdest stuff. Um, I swear this was just something I happened to see just the name of. And so I put it on the wheel that if you don't know what that is, I have a wheel of just random anime that I see that I spin to see what I watch next. And this one happened to come up. Okay. And so I, I checked it out. Okay. Not because... I knew what it was about. I had no idea. And I was very, very shocked when the main character just decided to lick drool off a desk, okay? But anyway, that's not it's not important. What's important is that I reviewed it and that this took up an amount of time in this podcast. And what's important is that now we are no longer in this section. Oh, recommendation-wise... If you have this very specific, disgusting fetish for drool, then go ahead, I guess. I, I, I'm i not going to stop you, I guess. Do, people can do whatever they want, I guess. But anyway, on to the section where Mark and I talk about things. Oh, but actually before that, I forgot to mention, I guess... I was because I usually talk about like real life news right after the anime news, uh, but I'll just briefly mention it here. Basically, it's just video games I've been playing. I've been playing some Call of Duty Vanguard. Um, I'll just say the zombies sucks, but the multiplayer is COD. That's it. It's fun, and have you been brushing up on it recently? What? Have you been brushing up on your German recently or just remembered no, a I, little? I just remembered that. I see. 
I've been thinking about genuinely like taking Japanese courses just because it would be useful for a lot of things. And yeah. why not? Like, so I was actually planning to study some Japanese like part time when I wasn't working on schoolwork, but with, with my kind of course load, it just didn't work out. Yeah, any way that I try and make and like make it viable as a class, it doesn't work because it's it has to be under like a certain like language major. Like you can't just take it for no reason or you won't yeah, get that, your scholarships and stuff. Yeah, that's kind of how it is here except they don't even have Japanese at UTA. Uh -huh. So but uh, may or may not be coming here next semester, so we'll see. I see. What is your individual for today, Mark? Oh, oh, yes. So I'll be reviewing Super Cub. Oh, shoot. You watched that? Yeah. Was that this year? That was um, this spring. Dang, that feels like so long ago. Yeah. It was uh, one of those anime I just didn't pay attention to. I just watched it on a whim one day. Oh, yeah. I heard people saying good things about it. And it was one of those shows that I would, was like meaning to go back to for the year. But yeah. I just never did. I, now and then I forgot about it until you just mentioned it again. I was shocked. I was like hooked, like from the very beginning, in a way that um, other seasonal shows just didn't hook me. I don't know what I it see. was. It was it was something else. Well, I I guess I should review it, right? No, I think that's good enough. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, that, that is why we're here, I guess. Although I, I reviewed like two short manga earlier and also an anime. And the anime I reviewed in like 
10 minutes and the other ones are viewed for like 20 minutes even though they were short manga all right so the the short one i just decided you know what people if you if you like this you know who you are you can go watch it i guess but yeah you can go ahead and review your anime so this anime is called super cub it aired in spring 2021 and was based off a light novel by Tone Koken and Hiro. Anime was produced by Studio Kai, which is not known for much besides Seven Seven Seeds, but I haven't watched that. So, anyways, um, this anime follows the story of Koguma, who's a high schooler with no parents, no friends, no close relatives, no hobbies, and no plans for her future. She lives off scholarship money in a small apartment and lives out a dull, melancholic life. Until one day, as she's parking her bicycle at school, she looks over and she sees that some students have parked their motorcycles there, and she thinks to herself, "Ah, it'd be a lot easier getting to school if I had a motorcycle. So she goes to a motorbike shop and asks the the shop owner for the, basically the cheapest thing he has because she's poor, she can't afford much, she lives off instant food, and you know. So the shop owner brings out a used Honda Super Cub and sells it to her for really cheap. Uh, 10,000 yen, I think it was. I don't know what 10,000 yen is in American money, but it's pretty cheap. 10,000 yen is like $100 because it's it's pretty close to just moving it two decimal places to the left. Yeah. It's like a little less than that, actually. So it's like $100. Yeah. And apparently the reason for it being so cheap was because the last three owners died. But this... (laughs) But this doesn't bother Koguma at all, and she takes it anyways. Wait, does it imply that the last three owners died on it? Um, oh my god. (laughs) I thought this was like a slice of life thing. It is, it is, I promise. Okay, okay, just continue, just continue. (laughs) Anyways, um, the fact that the last three owners died just doesn't bother her at all. And she's like, I'll take it. Because it's cheap. And through buying this Honda Super Cub, you can just see her face light up as um, she learns how to drive it, um, how to how to do maintenance on it, how to fill it up with gas, and um, basically. She is elated by the idea that now she can basically go wherever she wants. And through buying the Super Cub, she meets her first friend, Reiko, who is also a Cub motorcycle owner. And she's very extroverted and basically knows everything there is to know about motorcycles. And basically, she's... the the outgoing one the opposite of Kokoma but because they're both 
cub owners, they hit it off and they start eating lunch together and they drive their motorcycles around. And Reiko also uses her motorcycle to try and climb Mount Fuji. She, she literally tries to drive her cub up Mount Fuji because she read about someone doing it in a book. And, well, she, she, she just see her fail over and over, but anyways, that's Reiko. And later, they also make friends with Shi, who's also wants to ride a motorcycle, and she dreams of being a barista. So, those are the characters and the basic premise. It's a very simplistic anime. There's no dense plot or excitement or drama. And overall, it's pretty mundane. But for some reason, it's still incredibly enjoyable. Uh, throughout the the whole time you just want to see Koguma succeed you know she goes through all these um, difficult experiences uh, from uh, learning how to take care of her motorcycle to um, running out of gas and you just have to cheer her on it's, it's one of those things uh, I wouldn't say it's exactly Moe, but it kind of gives off that vibe. But the one thing for sure is that it's very wholesome. It's very wholesome to see Koguma succeed and see that big smile. It's, it's one of those anime that you just have to sit back and watch after a long day of work and you just don't have any brain. You just don't have any brain juice left. It's always but good yeah. to have one of those kinds of shows in the back pocket for those kind of but, days. Yeah, it's, it's very similar to Laid Back Camp, if you've ever seen that or heard of it. Yeah, I've never seen it, but I've heard of it. It's similar. Except instead of the that. camping, it's just, it's bikes, and these girls like bikes. Yeah, basically. and It's simple, but enjoyable. But one of the, the things that I really like about Super Cub is seeing uh, Koguma's character development. She goes from being uh, shy and not talking to anyone to making friends and seeking out new experiences on her Super Cub. Um, just little things that you can see her do like there's this one part where she needs to buy a face shield for her helmet so that she's not constantly having wind blowing her in her eyes but she can't afford it so she goes and buys work goggles to act as a face shield and you know and when she's trying to change the oil in her cub she doesn't have the strength to turn the wrench, so she uses her foot instead. It's just little moments like that that, you know, they're just wholesome. 
you see Koguma succeed. Yeah, like I said, you just have to cheer her on. And it's it's encouraging, to be honest. It's it's one of those anime that makes you want to get up and go do something new. So with this one, I know with a lot of these types of shows where they have like the cute girls and they and it's all centered around usually one central thing and this one it happens to be motorcycles or, or bikes or whatever and then euro camp it's like or laid back camp it's camping pretty much so in yeah. this one like the other ones do they go way like into detail with the motorcycles like the models and types and all the like how exactly everything works around them or is it kind of like kind of light um they don't really give you an information dump like um your camp gives you an information dump about camping if that makes sense okay yeah like, um like you, the most you see is you see koguma like learn how to um fuel her motorcycle how to change the oil um, how to how to service it and add new components it's little things like that and um, and you have Reiko who's trying to tell her all the details about motorcycles and what she needs to do about this and that and she just doesn't understand and so that that's kind of entertaining but um, yeah it's not so much about the motorcycles itself as it is about the experience of having a motorcycle and getting take it places to basically go wherever you want you get to see koguma land her first job with using her super cub as a mail courier so things like that so does this, I don't, I forgot what you said. Did this take place in high school or college? It, t it takes place in high school. Okay. Yeah. And as far as sound and animation goes, the soundtrack is great. It really fits the tone. You've got pieces by Debussy, such as Claire de Lune, lots of classical pieces oh, there. That's always nice. Um... The animation and the scenery is very detailed. It's almost like watching a movie. Really? Who is the studio for this? Uh, studio Kai. Studio Kai? They're really not known for anything besides, you know, Seven Seeds or whatever Seven else Seeds. they did. Yeah, and I think Seven Seeds was just that Netflix thing, right? Yeah. I never saw anything about that, so, so no. I guess they're just a relatively new one. Now, I do have to bring the hammer down on this one part, and that's the CGI. It's really bad. Oh, is it like on the vehicles mostly? It's on the vehicles, and sometimes there'll just be these random scenes where um, the characters and the vehicles are CGI for no reason. Uh. It, I mean, it's... It's not enough to where it detracts from the quality of the anime overall, but just kind of annoying. 
really? Well, I think with what you're saying, my conclusion is that since they spent so much time on the backgrounds and making it look almost movie-like or whatever, they had to kind of take shortcuts in other places. So that's why you put like crowds being CGI in the background or CGI people in cars, stuff like that. That's what I assume yeah, happened. Yeah, that's probably what and happened. Since they're also a really new studio, they don't have much traction to get a huge budget. So that's probably yeah. another reason. It's just, just, it's kind of a nitpick, but it looked really clunky. Um, but besides that, it looked really fantastic. So, um, if you're looking for uh, an exciting anime with action and adventure, you're probably not going to find it here. But if you just want to relax and unwind and maybe be inspired to buy a motorcycle then this anime might be for you and if anything this is probably the best honda commercial i've ever seen is it like so. really prominent like the product placement or is it just kind of there it's just kind of there but okay so it's not like an advertisement for honda or anything no, but is it was, an advertisement for one of the Japanese prefectures at all? Because a lot of these ones are these. Um, it of does. It does take place in Yamanashi, which, if you don't know, is the prefecture where Mount Fuji is. Oh, okay. It's so just very, that area. Yes, but it's a very scenic area. Um, lots of touristy places there. It's also where laid-back camp takes place for the mm -hmm. most part. Yeah. But yeah, I I didn't really know about the Honda Super Cub till now, but apparently it's quite the famous motorcycle. I see. Yeah, I had heard of it before. Isn't it like really small though, and it's not really like like it's not actually a motorcycle, isn't it? More yeah. like a moped. It's more like a moped slash motorbike really it's not like like a full-size harley davidson motorcycle it's not like that okay i'm looking at a picture right now yeah it it rides kind of low to the ground lower than an actual motorcycle and it's just it has a, a big back and stuff so yeah yeah but i think in japan they use that motorcycle to do like pizza deliveries that kind of thing it's a good little delivery motorcycle okay i see that's kind of so it's kind of the stereotypical bike you'd see in like a movie where one of the characters is a pizza drive delivery driver you know what i'm saying yeah because okay, like now that, that I, now that you say that now I, I recognize it yeah that's basically what it is um but yeah it, it's kind of a nice little motorcycle now that now that i've actually looked at it has it gotten you interested in purchasing a motorcycle now mark like i watched it and i was like huh i kind of want a honda super cup now see that's what these shows do to you <laughs> the camping ones make you want to go camping the ones where like like uh, a place further than the universe makes you want to go to like antarctica for like a little bit with your friends and then this one makes you want to buy motorcycles that's this exactly is what they do to you all you have to do is put a cute anime girl in the situation and then you'll want to do it 
So maybe if they make one about a cute anime girl doing her laundry, all these weebs will actually start doing their laundry and being hygienic. That would be nuts. You know, maybe. Mark, I think I just had the greatest business idea of all time. I think we're going to have to cut this section out and then like think about this seriously later on. Um, but yeah, that this, this does sound like a fun, relaxing anime. Yeah, it is. It, it's actually, it might be the perfect like winter, it's a cold day and you can't go outside and you don't have anything to do kind of anime. Exactly. So I might that's, save it for then. Yeah, that that's when I would watch it. Or if you just, um, you're just tired and you don't have much brain power to think about complex plots, you just want to unwind. But yeah, that that's Super Cub. Speaking of which, Super Cub is also the name of a famous airplane. Oh but yeah, it is. It's it's a tail it's a tail dragger. They usually paint it yellow. You know the one I'm talking about. I didn't, but I I looked it up and now I know what you're talking about. Yeah, I've seen this before. The Piper PA-18 Super Cub is what they call it. Yeah. So people use those planes to like do short takeoffs and landings, and you can fly them in Alaska and just land on top of a mountain or something. And this is pretty cool. I see. So there's your little tidbit for the day. Alrighty. Well, now we get to talk about the melancholy of Haruhi Suzumiya, our our together review for this episode. This is a hard one to kind of like, I guess it's not, but I'll just explain the way I first watched this one and you can kind of do yours because so you watched it the normal way, right? Like you just watched it how it's supposed to be watched. Uh, Yeah, I just watched it straight. Okay, so for me, I don't know if I ever told you this, but I watched it because I looked up online. I was like, because people were saying there were different ways to watch it and I saw different things about it. 
So I was like, huh, so w what way are you supposed to watch it? And I looked it up and some people were saying you have to watch it in the way it, that it aired on Japanese television. And the way that it aired on Japanese television was just random. It was just random episodes out of order for no reason. Because apparently they wanted it to be like it was crazy and wacky like Haruhi and all over the place like her. Interesting. And so that's why they did that. And so that's the way I watched it, the way it aired on Japanese television. And so like the first episode is the only episode that you that like is in the same order. Everything else is just just random. And I was very confused. And yeah. I, so I can, I can see where that would be confusing. Like it wasn't like plot breakingly confusing watching it that way like it's possible to do that but i don't think that's the optimal way and that's what i assumed when i started watching it that way i was like i'm watching this the intellectual way but i was just watching it like weird and out of order <laughs> yeah because well, for some reason they decided to do that there's an out of order way to watch it and there's just the way it's put together on streaming like how i watched it and then there's the chronological way to watch it. There's three? Is, like, if you watch <laughs> it chronologically, the last episode takes place somewhere in the middle. Oh. Does it make sense that way? I think so. I haven't looked. I own the Melancholy of Haruhi Suzumiya, but I didn't look at the, at the um, episode like order. Um, yeah, so I'm not sure how I, they decided to do it, but I don't know. Honestly, it doesn't matter that much unless you take, because I'm sure there's not too crazy much of a difference if you watch it the chronological way versus the way it's put on like sites or on the disc. But if you watch it my way, where I watched it as it aired on Japanese television, just random episodes. It's not really beneficial. It's mostly detrimental to the experience. Uh, or you can watch it like that afterwards if you want to rewatch it and watch it in a wacky way. Maybe you'll get something else out of it. I don't know. But definitely not for a first watch. Yeah. Um, watching it the way they released it on the DVD is not a bad way to go if you don't watch it chronologically. It still makes sense. So you could yeah. do it that way. So basically, we should probably explain what it's about. Let's read a, a little synopsis. So this one, this synopsis that I found says, Kion, your typical high school student, has long given up his belief in the supernatural. However, upon meeting Haruhi Suzumiya, he quickly finds out that it is the supernatural that she is interested in. Aliens, time travelers, and espers, among other things. When Haruhi laments about the lack of intriguing clubs around school, Kion inspires Haruhi to form her own club. As a result, the SOS Brigade is formed, a club which specializes in all that is the supernatural. Much, much to his chagrin, Kion, along with the silent bookworm Yuki, the shy and timid Mikuru and the perpetually smiling Koizumi are recruited as members. The story follows the crazy adventures these four endure under their whimsical leader Haruhi. Also, it's based on the light novels by Nagaru Tanigawa. So, 
So yeah, basically the main character is Kion. Or I don't even remember what his actual name is, but that I'm pretty sure that's what Haruhi calls him, right? It's just Kion. That's his name. Is it? Okay. I thought she called him something weird so. and then everybody else just started calling him that. I don't remember. But anyway, that's our main character. He's your typical like uh there's a specific type for this kind of character, but I don't know the name for it. Just the kind that like doesn't really enjoy talking with people and thinks a lot of things are just pointless kind of he's cynical that's the cynical word. that's a good word for it he's just he's just a cynical high school teenager who just goes to school and goes through the motions and stuff um and so one day uh Haruhi Suzumiya is she sits behind him and she's talking about how everything is boring and there and nobody likes there's no interest in clubs so he, I, he, I'm pretty sure he just kind of tells her to make her own. And she's like, okay, cool. You can be my second member. And he's like, uh, no, what? And so then he just kind of gets sucked into this club. And slowly but surely, they keep attracting or forcing weird members that join the club. And then these members do shenanigans and, and, and things happen. Is basically the basic premise. Things happen. Things happen. A lot of things. Basically, Haruhi is God. Is that a spoiler? <laughs> <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I like saying it out loud. If you would have told me that before I watched the show, I'd have been like, what are you saying? But like, <laughs> I don't know. I don't think that's... I don't think it matters. It doesn't matter. It, it doesn't. But, but basically... Things are very thing very convenient things happen to Haruhi because she has this sort of like supernatural power to attract these weirdos. And it kind of plays off of that. So Yeah. So Haruhi basically has the power to make things happen just by wishing it, but she doesn't know she has this ability. Yes. So she wants uh, aliens, espers, and time travelers to exist. And because she wishes them to exist, they do, but she doesn't know. She doesn't know this. Little does she know that they are all in her club that yes. she's formed. We have Yuki Nagato, who's an alien. Itsuki Koizumi, who's an esper. And Mikuru Asahina, who is in fact, a time traveler. And Kion, uh, throughout a series of interesting events, figures out who these people really are. And basically, they're all on a mission to prevent Haruhi from uh, getting upset and ending the universe. Yeah, and so basically in different ways, they join the club to kind of appease her and and so that she's like, doesn't get bored i guess <laughs> and and like think the world is pointless and then it, it, act, it actually becomes just nothing so what they have to do is is make her life just interesting enough to where she doesn't know that she's god but at the same time she is having a good time enough that she doesn't destroy it i guess which is very complicated and sounds very very deep 
But in reality, the show, that's like just kind of a like a punchline. <laughs> they pretty much just use that as a as comedy. And most of the time it's just your normal slice of life high school club thing. Yeah. That, where each that... character has their trait and they do their thing. Yeah, but well it does um play an interesting part. Like the the things that happen like all the crazy stuff happens because of um, something that happened to Haruki but she doesn't realize that she's causing these things to happen and thus they all go on wacky adventures together and I think at some point uh, Jordan should we talk about the endless eight I, I was just about to mention that actually yeah so what the endless eight is is um because of uh, a certain attitude that haruki had um well basically she didn't want summer vacation to end and thus uh, summer vacation never ends so they get stuck in a time loop where um Basically, they're just repeating the same weeks of summer vacation over and over again. And th this keeps going on until Kyo Kion finally realizes, I've been repeating the same weeks over and over. And then he talks to Yuki, and she's all, oh yeah, we've been doing this for the past uh, 300,000 something weeks. She's <laughs> like, what? What do you mean? And so The Endless Eight is a series of repeat episodes where Kion is basically trying to figure out how to end the time loop. And it's it's extremely painful to get to because you're basically you're basically watching the same episode eight times. But Except with... at the end, he gets slightly closer to finding out how to fix the loop. Yes. Pretty much. And now, I know that sounds bad, but hear me, hear me out. Um, watching the same episode eight times with minor differences is part of the experience here because... You get the feeling of what a time loop is like because um, Yuki, the alien, remembers every time they go through a time loop. So you're almost experiencing what's happening through the eyes of Yuki. And it's just little things change each time, like the color of their clothes or something. But each time, uh, Kyon gets a little bit closer to stopping Haruhi from repeating the week, and you just have to, you just have to get through it, and it ends up being worth it. I think, uh, at least the first time you watch it, you have to watch all eight of the Endless Eight. Oh yeah, for sure, absolutely. That's what I did. I sat through every single one. Yeah. Yeah. When I but first like came across those i was like but on the second one i was like okay 
on the third one, surely they'll end it this time. Like they wouldn't do it a third time. And then after the third time, I was like, okay, okay, that was pretty funny. Three times, but this time they'll actually fix it. And then just slowly, I was like, oh, this is what they're doing. Okay. But yeah, eight eight episodes. They sure did that for eight episodes. Yeah, that was a very bold move. But they bold did. is a word. <laughs> it sure is a word. I, I don't remember how they resolved it, actually. It's been so long. Uh, I don't Do you remember actually, how? I don't actually remember. It was something really solved. like trivial. That it was just like a a passing remark that Kion happened to say to her, like in the at the end of the loop or something, and then she decided, eh, I don't, I, let's go back to school. Like I think he said something about like it would be fun if we could go back to the club room and and like do something on the computer and then and then she was like oh yeah uh, yeah summer's kind of overrated and then they just went back to the normal life yeah but it was in the moment it was this big dramatic thing of trying to get her to change her mind right before the time loop repeated it was it was like this dramatic moment where all of a sudden he blacks out and he wakes up and it's like groundhog day yeah, but I, w I would have to imagine that if you were you were actually watching this while it was airing in Japan, it would have been excruciating. Oh, yeah, like every waiting every single week and it for eight weeks in a row. It's just the same thing. Like, oh, my gosh, that's two months of the same episode, basically. Yeah. But. Like around like episode six or seven, they they finally openly talk about the time loop and decide to do something about it. And so that makes it more bearable, like towards the end. Yeah. Like when Yuki finally reveals how many times they've been going through the time loop. Yeah, that was that was something. Yeah, but that's just like it, that's in the is it considered the second season? I I think that is in the second season. That's the latter half of the yeah. show. I don't know if they're separated into the seasons necessarily. Like, I don't know if they're they're separated into like separate arcs because it's not really that kind of show. But that's like the second aired section of it. Is where that one happens. Mm -hmm. But for them, like for the most part, everything else is the club going about their days and doing like things like having a Christmas party and shenanigans occur and doing the school festival, I think, and just stuff like that. And Haru, he just randomly plays in a rock band. Yeah. And it's, and they actually play a really good song. And you're like, okay. And then they're like wearing bunny suits and stuff. Yeah. It's just wacky. A lot of wacky stuff happens. And then they they end up shooting a movie, don't they? That's at the very beginning. Well, technically it's like pre it's like 
um, I guess the first episode is a look into the future of when they make that movie. Because the first episode is them filming the movie, right? Because um, it shows the scene of like uh, Mikuru holding a gun with a bunny suit on and she's uh, like shooting. That happens later, I think. Oh, maybe it was just because of the way I watched. Did I watch the last episode first? Yeah, that happened much, much oh later. <laughs> yeah, I, I have no idea, but that was the very first episode in the airing order. <laughs> Apparently. Yeah, that was not that was not supposed to be the first episode. Okay. Yeah, because when I watched that for the first time, that was the first episode I watched of the show. And I was like, I don't know if I want to watch the rest of this if it's all like that. And then I watched the second episode that was in that order and it was nothing like it. And they like fought a giant space cockroach or something. <laughs> and I remember <laughs> that. And I was like, huh, okay. And I was intrigued enough to just watch it all. Yeah, and then another episode, they go to an island and there's like a murder mystery, right? Yeah, I, I it's been so long. I, I I own it now. I'll probably watch it this winter because it's definitely a winter type thing or a rainy day type show. Yeah, I wouldn't say it's a very serious show, but it can be. It can be like it's the the uh, the disappearance of Haruhi Suzumiya hits very hard if you've oh, watched yeah. the show. Yeah, that's a very um, good movie, by the way. It is a very good movie because, like, throughout watching, uh, the Haruhi Suzumiya, like the regular anime, you think Yuki Nagato is just some emotionless robot, basically. But then, uh, in the movie. Uh, you figure out that um, uh, Yuki actually wants to get to know Kyon. And so she throws everything for a whack. But that that would be spoiler territory. So I, yeah. wouldn't, I won't go in there. But it is very good. But yeah, the, I, w I would recommend the show based on if you like a certain genre. But it's a lot of different things. It can be very serious and, dare I say, what, what, what's the word? What's the 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 active word for melancholy? Melancholical? Melancholic. Me melancholic. It can be. It can be serious and melancholic at times. Sometimes it's very funny. Sometimes it's very high school club tropey, romancy. And other times they're fighting a giant cockroach in space. So you never know what to expect. Yeah, it's it makes it very difficult to classify it as one genre. It's like a mix of a whole bunch of different things. Yeah, and luckily it benefits from that. It could be very... Because they could have handled it very poorly in that way, where it doesn't really work together because there are just so many things, different things happening at once. But they do it in a way where it they do a good job of putting it all together and all the characters are great. There's not a single one that I dislike except for the one that you're supposed to. The blue haired girl. I think you know who I'm talking about, Mark. Oh, Yuki. Is that her name? She's the alien girl. No, not her. Not, not, not Yuki oh, Nagato. The, no, the okay. Mikuru's oh, friend. I know who you're talking about. Um, yeah. She's the, well, yes. But anyway, 
but yeah, they're all really good, well-written characters. And like, obviously they all have their like tropes. Uh, like there's probably every single episode, there's at least one scene of uh, Haruhi always trying to put Mikuru in weird costumes. And so Mikuru is just always wearing weird costumes. And that's like a bit that they do every time. So it's similar to like tropey, uh, like stereotypical high school club stuff that way, but it does it really well. So, yeah, I mean, how often do you get to see a time traveling high school girl in a bunny suit with an AK 47 being filmed in a shopping mall? I mean, it's just like, what, what more that? do you need than that, honestly? I don't think you need any more than that to convince you to watch this show. <laughs> I personally cannot, if I cannot convince you to watch the show, then that image will. I'll put it in the on the thumbnail for this week. It's just that good. Nice. Yeah, there's... I wouldn't say I've really watched anything quite like The Melancholy of Haruhi Suzumiya. It's just so different. No, it's very unique, yeah. And it definitely started a movement, I think, in the anime-like genre of a specific kind of anime it pretty much uh, this was one of the wasn't this one of the first like big school anime like high school club anime uh no i don't think so because uh well i don't know um what did it start then because it started something i don't know why i'm well it's it's a kyoto animation and uh kyoto animation also made kaon i don't know if that came before or after though I think it started like the the moe type things, or just like just like certain tropes. It kind of started. Yeah, I, I would say Kaon is the quintessential uh, moe anime. In addition to that, but it's it's the same kind of style that they use. Yeah. Oh yeah. Also, well, I forgot because you you said that it was done by Kyoto Animation. Yeah, the animation in this is incredible. It's very very nice. Yeah, that pretty much goes for all of Kyoto Animation, though. Everything they make looks very nice. Uh, even it's the, even if it's the most simple scene like a turtle in a fish tank it's just animated beautifully yeah and that's kyoto animation's specialty is animating things that don't need to be animated beautifully very beautifully for no reason yeah and it fits I mean, I... for the show because of how wacky it is the way that it like accentuates certain things that you would normally look at as like not out of the ordinary it works. Yeah. I think uh, some of their best animation was in Beyond the Boundary, but I'll, I'll have to review that sometime. Uh, they really did uh, a really great job animating that one as well. For sure. And the, I think 
Okay, so there wasn't news of a new um, anime, but there was news of a new novel coming out for it because it's based on light novel series. And right. the author was, he either did or they either did or they are going to release more novels. I don't remember. I don't know, but I, I've seen the Haruhi novels in bookstores and whatnot. So, yeah, that's another one of those light novels that I would say is probably worth getting, even if you don't really like light novels, kind of like Bakamonogatari. I haven't actually. Did, have you ever looked in one of them? I didn't ever look in it to see how well it was written. Um, I haven't really read any of that, but I've just noticed it is all. See, a lot of the times when I like look at these light novels and like look inside of them to see, it's just like it's in between being a manga and being a visual novel because it has like visual novel-esque writing, but it only has a little bit of visuals. So it doesn't really work most of the time. Yeah. I'll, I'll find myself picking up a light novel and flipping through the pages being like, where are the pictures? Yeah, and I mean, usually they're in there, but they're very sparse. So yeah. they're like yeah. little nuggets that you find every now and then. Yeah, which I get it's kind of which is kind of like certain images and visual novels like that you get like certain scenes, I guess. But I just think there's no point to having it in that light novel format unless it's written like an actual book. I think there is a manga adaptation of Haruhi. Yeah, I think it's a manga adaptation of the light novels. But I don't, yeah. what I don't know is if they're past the anime or if they have enough material to even do that or what. So I'm looking at it right now and. It looks like there's 20 volumes of the Haruki manga, which is a lot. Is it? Because there's about, uh, well, I'm, I'm thinking of like compared to the show. I think in total, there's 24 episodes of the actual show, right? Yeah. Seasons one and two combined? Yeah, I believe so. Okay, so maybe it is past that. So they actually might have twice as much material in and the manga. Where I'm looking, it says upcoming volume 21. So, yeah, so they're still might going. not be over. Well, yeah, or, I mean, since it's definitely if, not over, especially since he's releasing it or they're, since they're releasing a new novel, there's definitely going to be more content. But hopefully, Kyoto Animation can get back up on their feet enough. Obviously, with uh, this recent season of Kobayashi's Dragon Maid, they've shown that they've still got the people that can do this crazy stuff. So hopefully eventually when they get back to the the point where they can do it, they get the as much of the team back as they can for the the adaptation of more of it. And that would be so much hype if they did more Haruhi Suzumiya after all these years. Yeah, that would be a, a big comeback. That'd be crazy. But I, I don't know if you know, but a lot of the like people who specifically worked on that first Haruhi Suzumiya series actually just died in that in the arson fire. 
like a lot of key people who were a part of it did. So they, they took a huge hit, especially yeah. there. So maybe that's why. So maybe if they don't ever come back to it, I would understand. Yeah. Uh, as it is on right now, it's I'm satisfied, but I would like to get more if it was possible. Yeah. And I might even pick up the light novels or the manga one day. Who knows? But yeah, um, it's hard to recommend this based on anything else, like I said earlier. But if any of what we just said sounded interesting to you in any way, just check it out um, and see if you like it, I guess. And don't watch it in the order that it aired on Japanese television unless you want to be very confused. Yeah, the best way I can describe the series is just fun. It's just a fun watch. Fun it's just a wacky fun. fun time. Fun things are fun. Yep. The the biggest uh, philosophical phrase to ever come out of anime. That's from K-On, right? Yes, it is. Okay, I thought so. But yeah, that's the melancholy of Haruhi Suzumiya. And there are no emails sent from this past week so this brings us to the end of the podcast unless you had anything else to say mark well i will say that if you watched the melancholy of haruhi suzumiya and the movie and you liked it then you might want to watch uh, the disappearance of nagato yuki chan which is kind of an it's an off series it's like a side anime that centers on Yuki Nagato and instead of being the the robotic alien that she is in Haru Suzumiya she's an actual person and like they changed her character and they changed the character of the blue hair girl and it's this different slice of life experience with all the characters from Haruhi Suzumiya so yeah, I think there's also like a super deformed chibi shorts series. It's like Melancholy of Haruhi Suzumiya Q or something. And I've seen clips from it that look absolutely absurd. So I might check that out one day. There's like, I remember one scene where like Koizumi is, is like walking into the club room and then like, and uh, Yuki like shuts her computer really quick that she's usually always on. She's always usually just sitting there on her computer. She like shuts it really quick and he's like, oh, what, what were you doing? And looking at some naughty stuff. And then she just doesn't respond. And then it just like cuts to her face and it's just her looking at him. And it cuts back to him like looking at her oddly and it just like sits on that for a while. And then it cuts to a different scene. <laughs> So I thought that was funny, and maybe I'll watch that that little series. Uh, maybe. But anyway, th this has been the Anime Intellectuals podcast. I hope you enjoyed our recommendations today. And did you go out of your way to go and watch some of those and tell us what you thought of them? And to do that, you can send us an email at where, Mark? At uh, uh, the Anime Intellectuals. 
at gmail.com. That is correct. And you can also follow our Instagram at the anime intellectuals to see exactly when a new episode comes out because we don't follow a strict schedule because sometimes it takes me forever to edit stuff. And sometimes I just do it in one night. So it just depends and, and on how busy we are, busy we are on stuff. So if you want to know exactly when a new one comes out about, then you can follow our Instagram and you'll get notifications on that. But other than that, that's all we've got for today. I hope you have a, a great rest of your day if you're, watch- if you're listening to this. And that's it. Bye-bye. John it.